1: Good morning hello good afternoon good evening i don't know what time zone everybody is in right now and what time of the day it is that you're listening to us and i want to say thank you thank you for listening
0: yes indeed
1: we want to do some shout outs today my goodness thank you so much everybody for listening there are a couple yes. things one is you all know i'm a photographer and for many years i've worked on a book it's a family photo Album, a global family photo album. I traveled around the world. This was funded by myself and my credit cards back then. I I photographed different tribes, different cultures around the world, and I researched, studied all the religions of the world. Mm -hmm. I I treated religion as as literature, so it's not like religion. It's not like that. (laughs) It's just like poetry, basically. Right, of course. And not only religion, but. The scientists that I adore, like Nikola Tesla, of course, Einstein, all the great mystics, poets like Rumi, I took these texts from these different sources. Mm -hmm. When you go from page to page, the photographs, the portraits I took of people from around the world match what is going on in the text, not the religion, but the text. From page to page, you start to see a story develop. And the story is that we're really one family guys. That's my book. It's called, I am a global family photo album. Here's the incentive for you guys. I have some gifts and what I want is first of all, we want your support, further support with our podcast. Absolutely. What we're asking for is reviews on iTunes guys. If you leave a review on iTunes and you email me to say who you were, what what your is it called handle because when you leave reviews it's like ttta 60 i'm like i don't know who this person is <laughs> email us on the website ourfriendlyworld.com tell me that you left a review and i think we should do it once a week i will send you a print from my book sweet so okay leave us a review on iTunes please the other thing is i'm choosing to call it our super friends our super friend one of our super friends is our friend wendy who's a really talented my god really supremely talented writer yes you can also find her on happyapplekitchen.com and her instagram is happy apple vegan supremely talented talented writer i can't say enough good things about this woman this friend she's also a fantastic chef she's vegan of course yay That's
0: funny i don't know if i knew that
1: when you didn't know wendy was we hello the first time we met that's what we talked about I'm
0: bonkers okay
1: we, maybe it's just me because i'm like oh my god you're vegan too <laughs> 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 anyway we love you wendy pearl of wisdom from santa monica today is brought to you by moses my friend Moses in Santa Monica. He lived one story up from me. Actually, two. Sorry, two. He was on the fifth floor, I think. Gosh, I'm starting to forget a lot of things. I feel like once we had more life experience, and so much, so many things came a happening that all the files are getting buried. <laughs>
0: Oh dear! Do
1: you know what I mean? I,
0: I know what you Should mean. Should I be
1: worried? No,
0: I was about to say I thought you lived on the second floor because on some level. Oh you my kind God! Of, I did. No, you I didn't. Did. The first floor was like a. Well, I'm sorry. Is
1: this like Emily in Paris?
0: The first something like <laughs> the first floor was all the shops. The second floor was like this cavernous, no window place. Oh, the basement. The people. Third floor had windows, and then I lived no. on like the fourth floor, and then there was the fifth floor.
1: I was two o eight. I was on the second floor. Directly above the Novel Cafe.
0: But I want to say, if you were less than a hundred, you were one of the shops.
1: You are right. You are
0: right. So I think there was a hundred block. Because remember that we we knew one person, I think, who lived in that kind of environment. Yes. And I couldn't believe how the rest of the building was so uplifting, and yet that first floor without windows, because windows. We actually knew more
1: than the one person down there, but we hung out with her.
0: I'm talking about the one I knew, I guess. That's the
1: one I tried to set up with Dave. Right. (laughs) okay anyways so
0: what was i saying moses i totally forgot lord (laughs) moses (laughs) should i be
1: worried that i keep forgetting his
0: name honestly honest to goodness was moses solid name
1: he was one of my best buddies here's the nugget of wisdom pearl of wisdom from moses i was asking him to hang out he's like nope i can't do it right now I'm watching a movie. I'm like, what, what movie are you watching? <laughs> Nosy. He, he says, I watch this movie to feel good about myself.
0: <laughs> so you're thinking, oh, it must be a romantic comedy or a very... No,
1: no I, I was blank. See, you're the one who goes there and starts thinking, well, what could it be? What's going to happen? What's well, that? I'm just a blank Happy slate. movies. I'm just blank until the person says whatever they want to say. Oh, fair enough. But I Speaking of forgetting, I forget the name of the movie. What is it?
0: Charles and Heston's The Ten Commandments. The
1: Ten Commandments. Moses would listen to The Ten Commandments. Not a
0: particularly happy movie, I would say. I
1: knew right when he said that, I knew, of course, why. But then hearing him say it out loud, it was so brilliant. He said, I watch that movie and I turn up the volume when everyone's chanting Moses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he felt
1: a part of things. He felt like, yes, Moses,
0: that's me. Well, I, I do have to say, I, I personally am very pleased. So last name, Anderson, right? So when people say, Mr. Anderson, it makes me feel like, oh, somebody's actually paying attention. That's a line from the Matrix.
1: Yeah, but aren't, is it, that's the bad guy.
0: The bad guy says it, but he says it to Neo, who is the one.
1: Oh, his name was Anderson?
0: His name, honestly, you're going to love this. They say it once, his name is Thomas, and his last name is Anderson. Thomas, not my first name, and they say that exactly once in the movie. I had to watch the whole thing to figure that out. Right. And I do stuff like that. I'll read, I read a whole series of books to find one quote, but that's another story too. But, but yeah, so when somebody says, Mr. Anderson, it means A, they were thinking about me. In a good way while they were enjoying themselves watching a movie b they want to equate me with neo who's the one i mean that's that's almost as good as moses
1: you know what honey though when (laughs) when people say mr anderson i think of the opposite because i totally just realized i don't think of anderson as neo i think of anderson as the bad guy who kept saying
0: Mr. Anderson. But that was Mr. I think his name was Smith. Agent Smith.
1: I understand that. But because he said Anderson, Mm -hmm. I equate it to (gasps) I'm scared. You know what I mean? Like it's the bad guy.
0: Yeah, but okay. uh, Okay. Up until
1: this second, I didn't realize who the Anderson actually was. I just was like, ooh.
0: And that's a fair point. But you see, for me, then I get to spin the actor too. Because the actor played both Elrond in Lord of the Rings, which is pretty dang cool. And he also played... The protagonist in V for Vendetta, he was V. So again, it's a powerful kind of a figure.
1: It's interesting. What is it about words? I always say words have vibration, words have power. You Heck know, yes, it's, they do. it's so, there's so much energy associated with sound, right? Yes. For Moses, our friend Moses, to be doing this, to hear crowds chanting his name, I I can totally relate to that. It is a healing. It is validation. I think that's the only thing I I can say. I can't say too much more about it. It's pure validation. We need that. However, it's interesting when it's the opposite of validation, when you hear a word, which brings us to the topic today related to what we had a few episodes ago. We talked about logic versus emotion when we talk about when there's a disagreement, the emotional side will always win because right. it has more energy.
0: Well, right. yes.
1: How is it that emotion wins? Emotion, the good, the bad, the ugly. I have two specific examples. And honestly, I don't have the answer, but I, I have a feeling you may. I'm going to give you two of the examples where emotion has taken over where it really should not have. Right. The right. opposite. Understood. The opposite of Moses, hearing his name chanted, that's a good thing. It gives you that strength and that validation, that power, that uh-huh. I exist. I am powerful. I am loved. Why is it that emotion always wins? Why is it? For example, that one comment you get, like you get people, okay, me, I, I, I'll say, I'll stop saying there to you. you go. I will get people saying, fun, you're pretty fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have a nice voice, you know, all that stuff. Right. Right. One person will come along.
0: Just one.
1: (laughs) And say, oh God, you're not going to wear those white leggings. Are you? And I swear to God, this happened 25 years ago to this day. If I see anything white, white jeans, white leggings, his voice. The person who said that to me comes up and it's traumatic i feel all kinds of all kinds of ways right right like i feel um ashamed i feel inadequate i feel ugly i feel distorted in so many ways Mm -hmm. and i I don't know it, it goes on and on it's really powerful my goodness and growing up I had very negative comments thrown at me about my physique. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the reason one of the reasons I'm a photographer because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show what beautiful is. This is ridiculous. I'm tired of this concept of beauty. And also, that's another reason why I will never be photographed. It's very rare for anyone to take a picture of me or for me to take a picture of myself to like put it out there. And I often think about this with our kids. I document everything, but I'm thinking, oh my God, should we have grandchildren? Or like when our kids get older, I will not be in any of these moments because (laughs) A, I'm the one taking the pictures. Mm -hmm. B, I don't want to be in the pictures. are they going to think that I was um, never around? I hope someone says she was taking the picture.
0: (laughs) You got to start like putting your finger halfway over the lens or something. Oh, there there she is.
1: Are you trying to make fun of me? Of course I I am. I actually did that folks. (laughs) There was a, a wildfire pretty much across the street from us. I was very nervous. And at the same time trying to document what was in the sky, but at the same time, it was a sweet moment with the girls. We were out on the deck and they were blowing bubbles and I was taking pictures, but I think I was distraught. Every single picture you see my thumb covering half the lens. (laughs) I've never in my life done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So anyway, so like just the beauty thing, no matter how many compliments I get, it will be that one and it will also take me back to when I was a kid. Right. And the thing, the insults that were always hurled at me. And the few photographs that I was in around that time, I would I would look at and go, Oh my god, I w- was adorable. One <laughs> <laughs> and like when they said you're fat, I am looking at these photos, I'm like, Oh my god, I was tiny. But because I heard these things, right, it took over my being.
0: Right. Right. This is the internal Emotional logic works between two people. Two people are arguing and one person takes the emotional argument and the other person takes the logical argument, but you're talking about internal. Internal we're working in a whole different system. We're working against imposter syndrome. We're working against everybody tells me whatever it is I want to hear, except for this one person Mm. who says, oh my God, white leggings. That's the only person maybe I feel because I'm an imposter walking through the world because we all feel this way at some time. Where, you know, I don't belong, I'm not worthy, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So, this is the only person who is telling me the truth. And you start to become emotionally connected to the one person who tells you the truth. And it also right. can be because you are, you do feel like you're wearing this. It's like you're wearing a coat. This is your body. You're wearing it like a coat. And, you know, you 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 go through life sometimes worried that somebody's going to call you out on your BS. So true. And so if somebody calls you out on anything, you feel like they're, this is the one person who's being honest with me.
1: You're right. I heard a long time ago, I had a friend and... Her mother told her when we were growing up, she said, if you find that you're having trouble with everybody, chances are you are the trouble. I always think of that. You're right. It's it's kind of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you tend to think if it, it, okay, I don't know if that made sense. That example I just threw out. No, yeah.
0: no. And it, and it does completely. And uh, once again, I have an anecdote, but yes, yeah, a company called despair, blah, blah, blah. They do these demotivational posters. The one that I always remember is the one for dysfunctional. The only thing in common between all of your unsatisfying relationships is you. So it's really hard to shuck that off or understand that. And it's, it's a question I think of being honest with yourself and everything. So that helps you on multiple levels.
1: But when I look back at these pictures, I was not ugly. I certainly was not fat. Not not that there's anything wrong with being big. I mean, first of all, I have my whole, I can do, I want to do a whole show on the FAT word. So ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, if you step away from the planet, that one inch or two inches, however many inches you are bigger than somebody else's body, first of all, when you look at it from another universe, it's like, it's not even a thing. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely so stupid and so minute. Right. Anyway. But are you saying then these people were right, that I was ugly, that I was like hideous?
0: Okay, and then we have being a a youth or being an unexperienced, unfully formed kind of a person who's still trying to figure out who they are. And people love to tell you who you are.
1: Why do they do that?
0: Because they want you to be just like them. And this takes us into a brand, a whole Boom. My head's just exploding right now. It takes you into a brand new, completely other world of the way I live is the best way to live. So you should live just like me because then you living that way validates me. Wow. Wow. And, and that's a lot of what I grew up in was I, I lived this way, you know, my parents lived a certain way and the people who they associated with lived basically the exact same way. And if you didn't kind of live that way, you were a little, either a little off if it was only a little bit different or you were nuts if it was completely different or they couldn't even fathom how you would. But by the same token, because you're their child and they are tutoring you and they are providing a role model for you, if you choose not to live the same way they did, then you invalidate them too. So there's, there's a jumble of all these emotions caught up inside of people.
1: Can I ask you a question? Why do you think that that happened? Why do you think that people are so attached to you being like them as the only way to be? Why isn't it that they have a, a slate that says, you know what, you don't have to be like me because I want to be different, even if you are my child or whatever or my right. student. Right. Why is that the common thread? Do you think where they're like, you have to be like me? What is that about? Is it is it going back to when we were hunter gathering, hunting gathering? and you had to stick together. I mean, I don't understand where that thinking comes from.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Does it, does it, has it evolved from this team-based kind of a feeling where, you know, um, we're on a team and we're all going forward. Right. Right. And, and this gets, this gets, I think, lost inside of a lot of emotions, but on some level, I think people like being, people like being validated. People like being told they're okay and people like feeling like they're okay And the best way of somebody telling you is certainly the best, but the best way of feeling that way on a day-to-day basis is for other people to have seen you and emulated you. So if I'm wearing, you know, if, if I'm a big fan of band A and, and all my friends discover that band through me and they're all big fans too, then I feel good for some reason, some esoteric reason. I have a thought. Yes.
1: What if we approach everybody and notice their uniqueness and bring that up as a conversation starter or even throughout within a long standing relationship? And I come up to you and I say, Wow, I really, you know, I really like the way you do A, B, and C. I really like how you think about A, B, and C. I wish I was like that. I tend to do this. So therefore, I'm creating a situation where I acknowledge you much like Moses. I'm chanting you, right? So you feel validated, Mm -hmm. understood, heard, seen. Right. And at the same time, I, I think in a kind of a deprecative way, is that a word? I'm saying, but I'm this way. In a way, I'm kind of saying I totally respect and admire what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that, but this is how I am. Right, right. And, and could that work? Could, could, you know, I mean, that's just my way. Mm-hmm. But what if we were to approach each other in this way of acknowledging your uniqueness or your way of being? Right. That way you don't have to beat me over the head with your way of being. <laughs> and you don't have to. <laughs> rain on my parade for being who i am
0: right 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 right. and i think between friends that can work just great i think you can have friends who are why can't you do that with colleagues colleagues same thing parents is another ball of wax relatives another ball of wax because Why?
1: why can't it work with them
0: there's there's too much emotion there
1: oh man i know which brings us to the topic today there's too much emotion. So how can we defuse that a little bit? There must be a way. If we can do it with a friend, we can do it with anybody. Oh no, maybe it should be the other way around if you could do it with there you go. the other people. And
0: honestly, I think it it comes down um, by and large to training. You know, I've been always as careful, I think, as I can be with, with our own daughters when describing, oh, as far as having that. Even, even the thought process about, I wonder what they'll be when they grow up. I've always been open to, and I've always vocalized whether you want to be a fill in the blank A, fill in the blank B, fill in the blank C, where A is very intellectual and you get your PhD, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to just plain old being happy is all I care about. But all the way to if you never find yourself I want to be there to, you know, be with you and, and experience what you experience and help you if you want help. But I always try really hard and it's hard because on some level, on some base root level, I want both of my daughters to be computer programmers.
1: You do? I do. Yet yeah, And at the same time, you're so against them having technology.
0: I try really hard. Because I know if I force it,
1: I think you're trying too hard because now you're not even teaching them coding, which they would probably, they're really good at math. I know you say coding isn't math, but they, their brain is like you and they're, they are so fast and they're thinking like you. I mean, as their teacher, we're always laughing at me because (laughs) me, I mean, we, as in the kids and I, and myself, (laughs) because we're reading a page and they'll read it in two seconds they'll actually retain the information and i'm still stuck on the first paragraph because i'm slow like that i'm like hold on hold on i'm not fast like you (laughs) do you know what i mean yes but i I just think they have such the talent but you're going way to the other extreme anyway are we getting off topic again
0: uh it's emotion versus logic and and you're right i am emotionally literally like doing it anti, you know, I'm not going to show you this because I'm, I'm afraid emotion that you won't like it and you'll be drawn you'll be pulled away from it forever. And I'm waiting for them to talk to me about it. And every once in a while I'll show them something random I'm trying to do or working on, but not very often.
1: I was, so I had a rough night with the kids as far as being a parent. I woke up this morning, I was not even sure if I could continue with the podcast because
0: well this particular today recording today
1: t- recording today i just was feeling so defeated and so messed up like not good at anything mm-hmm. but what i want to say is one of the things that i do look at like while i'm listening to you talk about thinking about what are our kids going to be when they grow up like putting things on other people not just our children mm-hmm. But quite honestly, like the only thing that I feel like I am doing right, cause I, as a parent who's always just, I just, and as a friend and as a mother, I agonize over everybody's health and situation and I'm always stressed out. I'm always like, Oh my God, I want every, everyone to be well. Right. Of course. But one of the things I don't stress out about is the way I look at people. I don't think about what are they going to be when they grow up. I always think they already are what they are. I don't wait for that. What are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be? You already are. They already are what they are going to be when they grow up. It's all there. And there's no one thing to be when you grow up. There are many ways and many careers to have and many different ways. I think we have to watch out for that because... The day of this is your career until you die is gone. You have to always shift and grow and do other things. And not one career path will be it for you, perhaps. I think it'll be rare when someone has one career.
0: And I think you're right. But by the same token, looking back, for me personally, and far as computer programming goes, wow, let's take us way away from maybe our subject matter, but whatever. I took computer programming in high school. I wasn't ready yet. When I took it in college, everything just made sense. All these weird quirks in my personality and all of this, the way I look at the world and the way things channel and focus, everything slid in. And I was very lucky because I wasn't gonna take a computer programming class in college. I was done. It's actually funny. I took a computer programming class, my one of my first classes in college and kind of failed it <laughs> because once again, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for the rigors of, of college and stupid prof lied to me the first class. We played a game and we never played a game again, but anyways, another story, another reality.
1: It's kind of like finding true love.
0: On some level, yes, you know, but I could have ended up as doing anything. And I think I always would have felt a little lost. And I, once again, I have anxiety. I worry about my kids being in this in the same situation. I want them to find their true love. I want them to find their calling. I want them to be happy.
1: Because I've had to step away from my career and go back and forth. And because I felt like I was at the mercy of critics and... A career where it's so dominated by white men and it's so dominated by being in a certain clique and looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. I was never let into that world, so I had to do it on my own. I was always an outsider. I have a different relationship with careers, so much like finding your true love, m- mine was more volatile. Mm-hmm and i had to step away and date somebody else for a while <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> until i could do whatever i wanted like right. be with the the kind of career that i wanted to be with right no you i know, get I had it had to i had i had to maneuver it was a dance right right we're talking about being really emotional about stuff right can i veer it away or did i veer it veer it okay so there are two there are two aspects to when you hear something and how it can take over you one involves beauty like with the white leggings for me or being told Uh, uh, i look a certain way right that one idiot person who would say it just like one word can mess it up i have another example remember a long time ago it was on bainbridge island we had a garage sale i made the garage sale look pretty and I made it look like a beautiful boutique and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was outside of course, but like in the front of our house, but you had to walk up this beautiful driveway. Right. It was when Elle was just born. Elle was just a few months old. Mm -hmm. I was really obsessed with choking hazards. I didn't want any choking hazards around anywhere. Right. And for some reason I had to think about change like money change, like coins. Mm-hmm. I don't want any coins around because I thought that was a choking hazard. Right. I didn't want any coins around. After the experience of the childbirth we had at the hospital and almost the both of us dying, I, the, the mortality issue mm-hmm. took over in all aspects. Right. Anything and everything was dangerous to me. Right. And traumatic. So pennies, Dimes, nickels, quarters. Get them the hell away from me. (laughs) At this garage sale, everything was... There was no change. I had change in cash, but nothing cost 5 cents. Nothing cost 25 cents. And nothing was worth that little money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was nothing in the garage sale that was worth 50 cents. It would have been worth $10 and up. Mm -hmm. But... There, things were $1. Do you know what I mean? Right. And the garage sale was so successful. Everyone was happy and we were selling everything and it was just sweet. And people were like, hello, how are you? It was very pleasant until this one woman shows up, Karen. She shows up and she's holding a pot. She's like, how much for this? And I told her a dollar. Right. Right. How much was it? I don't remember, but she wanted to give me 50 cents (laughs) and it was actually worth, I think, $5. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a dollar. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm also, I don't do anything with change right now. Like no coins. Right. And she started, uh, she wasn't yelling at me, but she was so mean and so vile towards me like that kind of thing i've worked in customer service i've worked in retail when i was younger a lot i had to deal with the public a lot either serving coffee or food Mm -hmm. or working in retail shops with clothes and there are those people that show up to just unleash fury on you because they know the customer is always right and you have absolutely no say in fighting back, can't fight back. Right, right? so someone will come up to you. There, were, inevitably, this will happen. Someone has some shit they're going through in life, and they come to unleash it on you. Right, all over a cup of coffee that didn't have the right amount of foam on it. Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And start yelling at you and telling you all kinds of, throwing all kinds of profanity. Right, like it, it is ridiculous. So she was one of those people and she started just unleashing all her rage on me Mm -hmm. over 50 cents. Right. So I said, you know, you know, why don't you just take it as a gift? Take, please take this. I didn't, I felt like I was back in my retail days Mm -hmm. because I felt like I can't piss off a customer. They're always right. I was just trying to have the situation be better. So I said, please take this pot as a gift from me. And she still yelled at me. She still walked away in a huff.
0: Did she take the pot?
1: No. <sighs> I don't remember, actually. I want to say no, she didn't, but I don't remember. Fair enough. Like, honestly, my upsetness took over. Mm-hmm. That I don't remember anything but that particular few seconds of time. Well, and I remember, but I do remember is you came back shortly after of that. Of
0: course, I wasn't there.
1: And my whole demeanor had changed.
0: Right. Yes.
1: And you're like, what happened? Which is... Something that happens with us quite often. Every time you walk away, people treat me a certain way. But when you're there, they never treat me like that. Right. So you're like, what happened? So I told I told you what happened. And you're like, you're going to let one person out of like all these people that were here ruin the whole day for you. I don't want it to happen, but that's what I can't. I'm sorry. I'm really upset. Right. But anyway, long story short, one person out of a hundred odd people mm-hmm. ruined garage sales for me forever
0: i don't think we've even been to a garage sale since then
1: we had one remember a couple years ago but that was how many years after that like 13 Mm -hmm. no it couldn't be 13 13 because l was just born and whatever let's say 10 years okay yeah i remember that Let's say nine, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And remember, we had to have a meeting about it. You're like, I don't think you're ready for a garage sale. Remember what happened? (laughs) I'm like, I know, I know I'm thinking about it, but we really need some cash right now. So I'm just going to have to suck it up and have my walls up. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's ridiculous. Why does that happen, Matt? One, one bad comment ruins everything.
0: It can for sure. For Um,
1: me, I'll say for me, I don't know how other people feel about it. Am I, am I alone in this? Am I just way, I know I'm sensitive. I know I'm an empath, but I think this is a totally different thing. Emotion definitely trumps everything here.
0: Right. Right. And I, I have a hard time arguing that. And honestly, I was about to say, well, you should just handle it this way, but it turns out. So. The easiest way for me to handle it would be the way I would handle everything back in high school. Wow, which was an l- interesting amount of time ago, because I was like this—I was like this vat of rage. And if somebody had anything negative to say, it was like, "Well, just forget you," right? But again, that's emotions trumping emotions. I'm
1: sorry, could you repeat that?
0: It, as it turns out, this this bubbling vat of rage is emotion over emotion. So when somebody had something bad to say, I could blot them out because I had an even stronger emotion that I just held and I held on to this. I can't imagine it was particularly good for me, but it's what I did back then. So I used emotion to trump emotion. So even if they were right, and certainly if they were making a logical argument, it was gone. It was instantly gone. But even an emotional one, I could blot out too.
1: Is that the same as having walls up? You're on guard. Yeah, That takes a lot of energy.
0: It does. I mean, I was, I was, it felt like I was literally ready to fight at any moment in high school. So listen to me. The entire time. I have a question. Yes.
1: So you can either have your walls up. Yes. And be able to flick off whatever comes at you that Mm -hmm. may not be good. Right. Or you can be way open and blank like me. Right. And then spend years later over that one comment still fuming over it and having Tourette's in the shower. Yes. They both take the same amount of energy, I think.
0: Ironically. So what do we do? There are other ways. What
1: can we what are the other ways? Pray tell. of course no i'm serious i don't even know
0: because we need to recognize that emotion trumps logic we need to figure out a way where we can hold on to a very positive view of ourselves
1: hold on hold on yes interjection objection objection no In- interjection
0: Inter- conjunction junction what's your function what's no. your interjection?
1: Sorry. here's my interjection yes and Not to sound like a religious um, fanatic. But. Okay. So here's one thing that did help me. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a psychic
0: once. (gasps) This was
1: right after we got married and I had so much rage from our wedding. Not because of me. Not because of you. We invited how many people? 125? Was it one or was it two something? I don't remember now i want
0: to say it was 250 of which like 50 were my people
1: (laughs) it was we're very much like my big fat greek wedding but in this case we paid for the wedding we took care of every single detail ourselves
0: and nobody bought us a house
1: nobody bought us a house (laughs) (laughs) and my family (laughs) basically i mean we we should have a show on our wet about our wedding because it was such a great learning experience and we have definitely two pieces of advice that we always share with people that are getting married. The thing was, I experienced so much rage from our wedding because out of the 250 people, how many people are we still in touch with two?
0: There's, is, it, is it that many?
1: Okay. There's Holly, Daphne. That's it on my side. Right. How about you?
0: In touch is a very Steeny. fluid term. Steenie. Steenie, I'm in constant contact with Dave. I'm in contact with, Slowly,
1: Yeah, we're getting back. And surely. Dave, let's get back together.
0: And anyways.
1: But out of 250 people. Yes. They all showed their asses.
0: Careful, careful. They didn't all show their asses, but there was a lot of ass showing.
1: It was like beyond ridiculousness. It was, what's the word you use? Absurdity. Yes. I mean, we had a couple brawls happening. We had i mean my god it was (laughs) i guess now it's comedy but what i'm trying to say is i had so much rage Mm -hmm. and i had never ever felt such anger towards people in my life and i grew up with the family i grew up with and i never had that much like like resentment like Mm -hmm. how what the i was i mean i wanted to throw down I, will, I, I had to physically remove myself from everybody because I really wanted to be violent. Right. Not violence. I'm not talking about I wouldn't actually harm anybody, but I wish I could just smack them. So I took myself to a psychic because I don't know. I feel like back then psychics were better therapists for me than going to a therapist and spending years talking about one tiny little issue. Right. I went to this therapist and she just looked at me and she handed me this note and it was a prayer. She said, I want you to do this prayer and fill in the names of people you're mad at into each blank. Mm -hmm. And the prayer went like this. And I swear to you, I looked at it, I'm like, I am not religious. I don't do that, but I read it and I I saw, you know, the blank space where you interject the person's name. Yes. And I looked at her, and I actually made a list, and the list was over 250 people. Ouch! And I was like, "But this is a lot of prayer.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is a lot of people." I, I just sorry, I just don't have the time.
1: And she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is a lot of work."
0: <laughs> oh God, you know, to get over it, I just no. Uh-uh. Okay. I've only got like five minutes.
1: So listen, but this was the prayer and it totally works. It totally energetically for me, it worked. So the prayer went like this <laughs> because I don't know why I laugh about it too, but can I use your name in it? Can I use your name?
0: It depends I'm not, on I'm how not, bad I'm going to sound.
1: No, it's not. I'm not mad at you, but I'm just because you're right in front of me. So here's how the prayer works. And I'm going to put Matt's name in the blank spot, right? Lord, it's for up. It says, "Lord, please help me to forgive Matt. Please help Matt to forgive me. Please help us to forgive each other. Please, Lord, thank you, Lord." And you had—I had to say that about every wow. single person on my list.
0: Again, not—I ain't got that kind of time.
1: <laughs> but I gotta tell you, it—it it, it, I felt like a balloon that was about to pop. And saying these words out loud, each time I said the prayer, mm-hmm. the air was let out like like, until the balloon was just a flat balloon.
0: Right, right. And that that's certainly one way of going about it for sure.
1: Okay, so tell me the other ways you were going to say.
0: Well, see, derailed me talking about that, but one well, easy we were, way. We were talking
1: about. Aside from putting up a wall and aside from being totally open, like I am usually, and then getting so hurt by one ridiculous comment, what can we do besides those two things? Right.
0: Right. And certainly, certainly an easy, quick one is to call people out right away. What do you mean? What's going on? But when you're hit. Okay. I know. But when when you're hit, hit, you can be shocked.
1: I constantly feel surprised. Right. And I. That's why I have Tourette's in the shower.
0: Right, absolutely. And then the other thing is, as you own it. You're like, oh, okay, maybe they maybe they raise a good point, but you're trying as hard as you can. And it's hard to stay in your logical frame of mind, to not bring it to emotional and say, it is quite possible that I don't know anything about fashion. <clears throat> and if you looked at me, you'd probably say yes, but that's beside the point. And I use fashion just because I don't wanna talk about anything else, anything personal here. <laughs> But then you take it to okay. So what does it mean to know something about fashion? And just try and almost think about it in the third person. So like if somebody comes after me because I don't know that all effluvials are subliminal, which of course these are nonsense words.
1: Effluvials?
0: Yeah, it's 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 from a Dilbert cartoon.
1: Is it a word? I don't
0: know. Doesn't matter. Okay. Anyways. You know, and, and coming to that and saying, in my field, if somebody says, gee, Matt, I'm really surprised you don't know anything about blah, 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 blah. Sometimes you're like, oh, crap. But by the same token, it's like, if I've never been exposed to it, if I've never, you can still feel like, man, I really should know that. I should know that cold and I don't because maybe I didn't take the time to learn it. Maybe because none of my projects used it. Maybe because, maybe because. But I find then, for me personally, I look at my, my resume and my CV and I look at all the stuff I've done and I I feel mighty because I'm looking at all the stuff that I've just done and all the stuff I have learned and all the things I've overcome. And I come to a place where I'm like, so I can master this too. So that's kind of a skill-based thing. But if somebody wants to comment on how I look terrible in my favorite shirt, I have to figure out how to turn that into you don't understand what I'm going for or you don't really know me anyway, so you'd know that this really worked or 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 or, or. and but you it, get it's into very, a confrontation. A it's very, you get into
1: the back and forth and, and that's just it's it. I'm just
0: like yeah, I tell people opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one and they usually smell pretty bad. That's such a vile way to describe it. I know, but I didn't use the A word, so I'm doing better. But I add that extra bit to it to remind myself that it's just their opinion. And just because it's their opinion doesn't make it valid. Doesn't make it invalid either. We have to evaluate and look at. But again, it's like you're trying as hard as you can to not let it cross over into emotion, because as soon as it crosses over into emotion, it becomes "how dare you," and it it you're you're never going to end up in a good place from an, a "how dare you," because either the other person is going to double down on their emotions, or and it can feel even worse, the other person is going to cave and say "I'm sorry," and not be and if somebody feels like they're being straight with you, you don't want to get rid of that. You don't want them to feel nervous about being straight with you. But when they strike you really close to home, you've got to figure out what to do with that. And honestly, to me, it's a skill that you learn. And it's a skill I unfortunately, or fortunately had to learn through one of my friends because he would literally find that one delicate spot to poke me and he wasn't asked that way but he was brilliant that way too because it i don't know let's call it emotional toughening but i you know I, we were friends i knew he loved me etc cetera, etc cetera. so he wasn't he was like saying it to score this esoteric points he wasn't saying it to hurt me And we were able to bring it into that place but it was always he always knew when he absolutely had to stop
1: so you're saying it takes skill
0: it takes skill and practice
1: okay a quote from trevor noah ain't nobody got time for that you know what i mean it just feels like that's going to take years for me to figure to have that skill and i'm still working on it and i still forget because i'm still open and i still get shocked by things they get thrown, and but, I still do too. And even you know, like I, I just while you were talking, I did remember something I was told, something that I heard actually. That will help, but even to re- to get to the state of mind to remember these tools, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing to work on. But. Wow, how do you actually get yourself to remember when you're so emotional? Right. Remember well, to look in your toolbox. Right. For example, I heard this person say when someone is hurling insults at you, or, you know, or, or let's just say it's a situation like the garage sale, Karen, right? The way to combat that, and combat is a terrible word, but, but the way to, turn it around, Mm -hmm. is to ask them to repeat word for word what they said like you didn't hear it, like I'm sorry, could you repeat exactly what you just said again, I didn't quite hear you (laughs) and make them repeat it so they can hear what they said and if they don't realize it then you say I believe you're on purpose, trying to bring me down or to hurt me, and that's not going to work here. And then that's when you walk away. But if you have them repeat what they said to you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's—I I find it very powerful. I've never gotten to the state of mind, like you know, have my wits about me to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is why I have Tourette's in the shower because I think <laughs> of things months later. And I'm like, some of my biscuits you know like everything that i wanted to say in that moment i'll say out loud Mm -hmm. or yell it out loud in the shower but i find that to be a great tool what do you think make them repeat word for word i'm sorry could you repeat exactly what you you, i I didn't quite get that could you repeat exactly what you said
0: right no 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 and I, i get that it's 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 been an interesting amount of time since anybody really came at me that hard who doesn't have a clue, who doesn't even realize this heinous thing that they've said to me. So.
1: And it doesn't have to be that heinous, but it affects us in a heinous way because it creates emotion, right?
0: That's just it. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So of course I can never agree, right? But see, for me, I think what I, what I described as a good technique, but I think the overarching technique is what I've described so many times is the Popeye syndrome, which is I am what I am. So understanding who and what you are, understanding your strengths, understanding your limitations and owning them. Now, of course, people always say, oh yes, but you want to attack your weaknesses and make them strengths and all the rest of it. And there there are occasions where you can't. And there are occasions when you can and you do when you can and when you're interested and when you have that desire and you don't when you can't and you use you play to your strengths so it's like it's really an interesting challenging thing to attack me because i sometimes will even say you're right you know this thing that you're choosing to comment on you're right my musical taste some would say is very challenging i'm very comfortable with it myself but there are those who would say, oh, my God, you listen to that? And it's like, yeah, I do. What's what of it? And, and that stops people. It's it's really owning your strengths without emotionally trying to counter them. So uh, I am who I am. I'm walking across the mat. I am so many different things. Matt, of course, martial arts. I'm walk just going to walk straight across the mat, and you can try and stop me, but you're just not going to. And and that's what you need to do. And then when you do get some setback, when the world decides to put you down, that's when you rechannel. At least that's what I do. I rechannel into myself, and I. Go through all the things I've been through, and I look for all the ways that I've come out on the other end, come out stronger, looked at the silver lining, found the silver lining, and I'm able to kind of work my way through it. It's just when I become emotional about it, that's when I get screwed.
1: You know what makes me what? Okay, so here's what I'm just realizing. Uh oh. Once again, going back to the wedding, one of the lessons that I learned from our wedding was people every time you drink coffee and you put it down it sounds like a thunderstorm sorry <laughs>
0: i won't drink anymore
1: no but please it reminds me of when we were getting married and we're putting everything together the food the entertainment you know the <laughs> garden like yes. everything right all mm-hmm. the aspects of getting the community together right for us to break bread together Mm -hmm. and that's when i really started to realize in our culture we really don't have get-togethers and when we do it's very emotionally charged for example it's a wedding or maybe it's a birthday it's thanksgiving it's christmas it's whatever holiday or you know a funeral or you know what i mean yes all the the gatherings that we tend to have are very emotionally charged. Right. Charged. And I remember reading an etiquette book while we were getting married because I was trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Why are people so upset with me over the dinner that we're... <sighs>
0: Over the menu that we are creating. Well, I remember we like had two selections and we got grief over one of them. Oh,
1: God. Excuse me. That's what you got. So I was taking care of that. And I had people coming from all different directions telling me about their religious beliefs and their reason for eating this and not eating that. It's like, oh, my God. Am I feeding you for the rest of your life? Am I? Is this the only meal you're ever going to have? We're just getting together for a few hours to celebrate why are you so upset over a piece of salmon that i didn't even want to have (laughs) do you know what i mean like do you know what i mean i don't want to serve flesh but here we i'm trying to make you all happy so this has to be glock kosher here and this has to be this there and oh my god and it was turning ugly and I understood why the bride would get so crazy. I under—I had empathy for that. Like, right. this is why. Right. And I turned to an etiquette book and it said, look, it's, it's, she started talking about weddings, but she's like, look here, we're from the South. We have parties all the time. We have get togethers all the time. Things are going to go wrong. The cake is going to fall down, flip over, get destroyed. We just look at that as, oh, well, because we have so many get togethers Mm -hmm. that whatever, it doesn't matter. Like you just keep going, like no big deal. But for people who are not used to entertaining, for people who are not used to gatherings, any little thing will set them off. It's a disaster.
0: So because we don't practice, because we don't build up our vocabulary because yes. we don't have a friend who likes to hit us where we're weak
1: because we're not thank you for bringing it back because i forgot why i was saying what i was saying but what i'm saying yeah is exactly that we're not used to communication we're not used to tough conversations we're not used to uncomfortableness right then we tend to retreat right so yeah that's precisely it we don't have enough gatherings we don't have enough conversation and i think that's why, for me, I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. It's because it feels like it's going to take forever because we don't even get together that often. We don't even have conversations that often. Thank you for bringing it back to the point that I was trying to make. So for me to wrap this up, wrap it. going back to Moses and feeling that that emotion when you hear something, what we're talking about is emotional triggers, is it not? Yes. And emotional triggers are pretty much anchors. And I think much like we brush our teeth at the end of the day, we need to brush our minds. We need to take, we, we did a show called emotional currency. When you go to bed and you go to sleep, you get a reset unless you're still totally fuming over whatever happened that could go into years, right? <laughs> of deficit <laughs> yes, years absolutely. of deficit over what somebody said or what somebody did Right. what I'm saying is much like brushing your teeth at the end of the day we need to clear out all the nonsense and think about what really bothered us and much like the emotional currency that we were talking about you need to put the hammer down The what's the judge the thing that the judge the gavel. you need to bring down the gavel after you ask yourself How much more am I going to invest in this and just be aware of the fact that you are spending so much money, emotional currency on whatever it was, right? Do you want to continue with that as a, as a leader of a nation, as a leader of your corporation, which is your life, your nation is your life. How much more are you going to invest in this one particular idiotic thing? Right. And bring the gavel down and say zero. Clear your mind at the end of the day. And then if we have the wherewithal to do it, do it throughout the day. And that's how I would close it up. Anything you want to add, honey? I'm good. Okay, folks. We'll talk to you next week. But before we go, remember, I'm going to pick one person a week that leaves us a review on iTunes, emails me and says who they were. And I'll pick one person a week and I will send you a photograph, a print from my book. I am a Global Family photo album. Until next week, have a beautiful every day. Indeed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.